1: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of White Press Play. My name is Gordo, and joining me here is the inimitable man behind the lens, uh, filmmaker extraordinaire Anthony Downs. Happy to be here again, Gordo. Uh, filmmaker and and uh, you know videographer. Yep, F- photographer somewhat. Yeah, it's more of a hobby, but it's more it's all about the film and video. It's all about the film and video. And you're uh, you're online at the moment, Anthony. I am. Yeah,
0: my Twitter is Anthony underscore Downs. Yeah. That's mostly my mostly my filmmaking stuff and uh, Instagram is an, uh, at Anthony Downs. So filmy stuff as well, but a lot of a lot of nice pictures. Or my uh, film company is uh, Escapers and Films. And on that website, then you have some of your your reel,
1: and you have like a yeah. Few little on, on my website, on so. on
0: Escapers and Films On you find all my work, all my commercial video, as well as my um documentaries and uh, music videos and films. Cool, cool, cool.
1: So, um, yeah, we worked together in that. You were the director of Once again, there is a
0: film up on that website starring yeah. Gordo, one of my first short films. Go check it out. It was an experience, I
1: have to it say. It was. It was funny. Gordo, Gordo drives the comedy. That's all I'll say. <laughs> um, thanks very much. <laughs> it was weird. It was a great couple of days, though, man. It really was. It was. And friend, like made friends for but life. That's, how we, that's how we became buddies, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and the rest, like all the fucking... You know, changed my life forever, sir. But uh, yeah, so this is White press play, and we have Anthony here talking about films. If you want to get on to him to talk to him about films or, uh, you know, uh, ask him questions about what he does or how he makes stuff, or, you know, you, have, you I'm sure you're willing to talk about the gear you got. You just got to. Absolutely, yeah. A, a just upgraded my awesome kit. Lots of new uh, fancy filmmaking. A lot of 4K equipment. stuff, a lot yep. of um, like run and gun, like small mirrorless DSLR stuff. And um, yep. yeah, I mean, if people are interested in film and you're watching it, uh want, want to get in to touch with Anthony and find out what he has or what he can do or how he can help you uh, or indeed if you want to tell him that he's fucking wrong about <laughs> about Guy Pearce and all and he's, uh, you know, uh, you can get him at Anthony underscore Downs on Twitter if you want to get in contact with the show with Y Press Play we are on all the social medias as Y Press Play on Facebook, Twitter Instagram, Pinterest, all the ones Snapchat, the whole lot and we're on Reddit, it's r slash uh, Y Press Play And the website is whypressplay.com. We also have a Discord server, so if you want to come and chat with other movie fans or or occasionally with me or some of the other guests from the show, we do have a Discord server with different channels for different movies and different types of uh, chit-chat. If you haven't had Discord before, it's a social media app that has chat and voice channels. And uh, a lot of the... The cool kids use it for team speak when we're playing games and stuff like that online, which we also do on Press Play. So we play PlayStation 4 and Steam here, and uh, some of the older console emulators like uh, Mega Drive and Nintendo, which are making a huge comeback. So uh, we're reviewing those games and seeing whether you should <laughs> waste, waste your time playing them or not, uh, and kind of picking apart like the, the, the hidden gems and some of the lost classics uh, that are out there, and you can get all that stuff on YouTube on our YouTube channel, YouTube slash, slash play. We're also on vid.me as well slash play. And we're, we stream live on Twitch uh, from PlayStation 4 and also from uh, Steam on the computer. And this show wouldn't be possible without the lovely folks at patreon.com. Uh, they are supporting us. If you want to drop a dollar, you want to support the show, you want to, you know, help us out. You know, let's hold a dollar. You head to patreoncom slash play. and uh, we'd be we'd be more than happy to to take your goddamn money. Now I tell you, you it's not for nothing. You get a bunch of uh, uh, different perks and different kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. We do little vlogs. We have. Uh, outtakes from the shows and extra banter and stuff that we were talking about during the shows and we also have uh, early release YouTube videos and stuff that we make that's for the general public everyone on Patreon gets it uh, first and then we have live shows as well so this will be recorded live for example and people get to listen to that through Discord with their Patreon perks so get on to patreon.com and subscribe to this on the podcast player listen, if you went looking for the movie Memento and found our show uh, and you like it don't forget to subscribe share it to your folks and uh, see if anyone else likes it. And also, uh, leave us a review on iTunes, please. Uh, It means nothing to you. Probably a couple of minutes, just the five stars. (coughs) Five stars. Uh, (laughs) But to to us and to iTunes, it obviously matters a lot for some weird reason. Doesn't matter to Netflix, though. goddamn Amy Schumer. Um, So let's get into it. Memento, directed by Christopher Nolan. One of his earlier, I think his second movie. His second movie, his first uh, funded Hollywood movie. This shit is Amazing It's special it's If you haven't seen this movie Stop listening to this podcast Get out and fucking watch it now It's a hell of a movie like, Absolutely
0: Forget about Christopher
1: Nolan's career for a second yeah. And just watch it as a standalone movie Absolutely And then
0: realise that it was his early film It's,
1: it's special Cracker um, the, the, the weirdest thing about this film And the, the thing that sets it apart from all others I believe Is the fact that uh, it's,
0: it's pretty much backwards It is backwards No pretty much about it uh, There's a handful of movies that we could all name That are non-chronological you know, Pulp Fiction comes yes. to mind And there's other movies out there that are Not only non-chronological but actually backwards yeah. uh, This in my opinion Is the perfect example Of plot, story Justified the, the non-chrono- Non-chronology chron- Non-chronology is absolutely Justified by the, the Story and yes. the reason behind it It's not just a filmmaker, a it's not just a gimmick
1: not, Oh let's make it backwards, there's a whole The perfect reason, absolutely justifiable Cool. It does kind of mess with your mind and it keeps the suspense while showing you everything from the end. does. I noticed... All t- the way back to the start, you're like, "Oh, you cheeky pup. I've seen this a handful of times, seen the movie loads of
0: times over the years. I was watching it recently on the lead up to this podcast and I realized um, early on, it's easy to follow. The first five minutes, it's like, oh, I get it. It's fine. And then after 10 minutes, fifty minutes, you're kind of like, it's more of a mind fuck. And like you follow more, and it, more, but you're wondering, you're waiting for things. And like, when I remember watching this first time when I was 15... I'd never felt so, like, on edge watching a movie. And I'm I'm not talking about, like, you horror movie. I mean, like, oh, oh my
1: God, what's going to happen? It yeah. was very much, like, edge-your-seat stuff. Well, in interviews, Christopher Nolan said that they made the movie this way to counteract what's called the pizza guy mentality, uh, where people can watch a movie or watch a TV show and, like, drift in and out or be on your phone or, you know, we call it probably, like, t- two-device mentality now or something like that. And if you got up to go get the pizza and you missed three minutes of the film and came back, you could still like join in with the whole story and understand what's going on. And it's no problem. And I mean, if you can miss three or four minutes of the film and still know what's going on, it's probably not that tightly packed full of, you know, emotion and drama. Uh, This this movie, if you miss three minutes of it, you're fucked. You're done. Yeah. He he said he made it specifically that way. So if you get up to go for a you'll hold your piss till the end of this it's definitely like it's the cliche edge your seat stuff and, and it's not edge your seat because of like heavy action film no. a- action scenes it's just the drama and the tension yeah. and you want to know what the hell is going on absolutely so what the hell is going on we're going to do our usual little guest test the 60 second uh, 60 second plot no spoilers so we're going to give you 60 seconds and you? you're going to tell us what all the movie's been in 60 seconds start to finish no back of the DVD in a world it's this summer none of that shit we want Full story, as much set pieces okay. as possible. Maybe if you take it one timeline at a time, okay. um, you 60 seconds starting from now. Okay, the movie follows Leonard who is,
0: he suffers from, like, he has no short term memory and he's actively looking for his wife's killer he's he's looking for his wife's killer he's in detective mode he has all these notes and all these tattoos to try find his wife's killer and the whole movie goes backwards 20 seconds the whole movie goes backwards and we don't we only know what the lead character knows because he forgets he's forget He's forgetting what happened he's the movie opens with him killing somebody and then and then we realize as the story unfolds it's what led him to kill this guy basically all motivated by somebody killed somebody raped and killed his wife 40 seconds and it's it's a, uh, the audience follows Leonard as he f- tries to figure out what's going on because he can't make new memories, and the other people around him, kind of, the the other people he meets who potentially manipulate him into for their own personal gain, and it's it's just this amazing story about this. Awesome. Wah! Yeah. two <laughs> seconds. That's guy's a little bit more than I did I Yeah,
1: a going right to the end. It's tough, isn't it? It is right it its I need to have a like timer bit of a But, but uh, even in a minute, you told almost everything, and at the same time, told nearly nothing.
0: Yeah, you a right. bit of a to do of a little of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit a a film, you'll a able memory. to do it.
1: <laughs> we had Steve Elliott do one, and he spent <laughs> the first forty seconds describing the first three minutes of the film. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, 40 seconds. And he's like, oh, fuck, okay. And then this happens, then the end. And you're like, yeah, okay. You there's.
0: saying 20 seconds and 40 seconds definitely throws me off.
1: <laughs> I guess that's the point, really. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? <laughs> so, like, uh, you you told us, so there's a guy called Leonard. Leonard. And he's played by Guy Pearce. So you, the Guy Pearce, you know, is an Australian actor. He was in Home Away. The Way. A lovely little He has chap. a great look about him for this. He has yeah. that kind of, weird yeah like kind of face he, he, he wears the decisions pout. of his life on his face this guy right uh you've seen him in Prometheus and Alien Covenant he was uh the, the old um Wayland I think he's called uh he he, he hasn't done a, like a mad amount of top class films to be honest he's in the Hurt Locker like a bit part uh I was looking on his IMDB there's lots of these movies called Jack Irish I don't know what that means I've yeah. never seen them but there's a lot of them on his IMDB. I think it might be a TV show where he plays some guy called Jack Irish. Oh really, yeah. I don't know. It's there's a lot. Um <laughs> He he like I couldn't put anything I couldn't put my finger on anything that he's ever been in that's like this is you know, Sam and Le Guy Pierce work. But in this man, he is fucking cracking. Cracker. So he has retrograde amnesia, he has this um special condition that Christopher Nolan's brother found it about while well in a psychology class and he wrote a short story about it and then the two boys while on a road trip from chicago to san francisco ended up coming up with the basic plot for this memento and the short story was released for esquire magazine uh, as a short story that had similar kind of uh, mechanics to this but the movie like when it was released was nominated for two oscars it fucking got a, a bajillion awards all the film festival awards everything and it was because it was a little gimmick but like you said loads of them have tried little gimmicks like that before and not been good this is mechanical scientific psychological physical like emotional it has it all yeah if someone tells you oh watch this movie it goes
0: backwards you're gonna go what are we talking about why does the movie go backwards yeah. like you know you could start picturing scenes in reverse like actually in reverse yeah. but it's not that it's like it's 10-15 minute increments of like this
1: happens and then what happened before and what happened before yeah. it's just everything but how, how it does it it lets you experience the same retrograde amnesia that the lead character, Leonard, has. Because he's constantly talking about his condition and reminding exactly. new people, or being
0: reminded that the people he, meets, he, he interacts with has met before lots of times he can't remember.
1: And they, some of them take the A lot of them, a lot take of them the I piss. think they all... At he one ends point, up like getting surrounded by shitty people.
0: At one point, they all kind of uh, take advantage of the fact yeah. that he can't remember. Some more so than others.
1: Yes. Some are just like, he meets one guy called Bert who runs the motel he's staying at. He has him renting out two rooms. He has him renting yeah. out a bunch of rooms. And he's like, oh shit. And then he goes, well, well why are you telling me? And he's like, well, you're not going to remember in a few minutes anyway. And he's like, you're right, Bert. And it seems that like the, Leonard's character really changes with this whole thing. So the point is that Leonard can't remember more than a few minutes. He can't make any new memories, can't make any short-term memories. So anything that he does, he instantly forgets about it. And this mechanic is used both To drive the character, to drive the story and the mechanics of the movie because uh, we're only shown at a piece at a time and we don't know what's happened before so we're dumped in this situation like Leonard is and it's in a very kind of film noir type of uh, setting so if you remember those old the minute she walked into my office, I could tell she was trouble. See, man. It's a detective story. At the end of yeah. the day, it's, a detec- it's absolutely a detective story because he is the
0: detective. Yeah, He is because he's looking for his wife's killer, but it's all motivated by what he has going on. He's not detecting for anybody else. Yeah, And, um, you know, the, the, the plot point of you you're, you're finally you finally get the gist of what's happening. He's wearing, the, he's wearing the designer suit and he's like meeting all these people and he just kills somebody, blah, blah, blah. And then it cuts to uh, him in a hotel room and it's black and white. And you're like, when is this? Is this before? Is this after? Is it during? Is it another day? And the only thing, if you really look closely, the only thing you can kind of discern from it is which tattoos he has or doesn't have. If he has more tattoos, little. If you watch it a couple of times,
1: you look out for things like that. Well, later on, you find out that the mechanics of the movie, it's very scientifically done. So I watched one uh, deconstruction online. And there is a part actually in the DVD, like the special edition DVD, where you get two DVDs. You get Memento on one as the movie, and then on the second one it has all loads of special features. One of which is if you solve a memory game. Yeah, it was like a hidden feature. A hidden DVD feature, had a hidden feature to watch it. You have to solve a bunch of these memory puzzles, and then you get to watch the movie in chronological order. And it turns out that the black and white stuff is shown chronologically in the movie. Yeah. Right? from start to finish so the first black and white scene you see is the first one and it plays forwards and then the backward scenes in color the colorized ones are all played in order but backwards and the black and white stuff is happening just before he meets
0: anyone that's in the movie like, yes like and the last the black and
1: white scene and the first color scene in the in the timeline merge it's absolutely and there's like, a point where it goes from black and white and he turns he, he saturates the image and turns up the colour to indicate yeah this is now this is now the real timeline and from there there's no jump cuts anymore and that's near the end of the end of the movie and it just continues by on de- by
0: then we realize that everyone that's in the film is is using almost using him to their yeah. advantage one way or another it's, ama- like it's, it's it's amazing it's just
1: absolute it's masterful filmmaking yeah. I don't I don't want don't to get too uh, even, even the way that the the, the mathematical construction of how that's done, like the black and white scenes uh in the deconstruction that I watched were named like A B C D E F G and then the colour ones were like uh chronologically backwards were one two three four five so it's A one, B two, C two. Oh wow, nice. So in order, so you'd see a, co- a, a black and white scene that's A and then and then in the movie the next scene is one and it's a colour one. And then the next black and white scene is B and then the next colour one is two. And it goes like that backwards. Until they meet in the middle Yeah it's it's like, like it's fucking awesome Like I said It's the
0: perfect example of Filmmaking Non-chronological yeah. filmmaking yeah. And it's masterful And the fact that um, This is this guy's second film I say this guy Like nobody knows him But when I was first Watching this movie yeah. Nobody knew Christopher Nolan I was getting to all these directors, and I was like, "Oh, who's this guy?" And I've literally been following his career yeah. um, from that. And I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you're a movie nerd, so you know who the hell Christopher Nolan yeah. is.
1: He's a special person in the world right now in the film industry. Yeah, has been for years, but and he has that. He has that kind of now because of the Batman's and because of his other trilogy. I like, and he has a lot of stuff with like circumventing traditional um, kind of movie construction norms. Where yeah. he would go against the grain, uh, even his own just to do his own thing. Like so, yeah the way he, the way he makes the way he makes like the films together. Like he 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 circumvents all of these like norms and rules. And the the trilogy that he has, he has a Batman trilogy, right? And they you know have certain thematic and, and linear tones that kind of undulate between the movies and stuff like that. And because it's the same actors and it's all that, he's able to wind that. Longer story together in the Batman movies. There are like huge thematic links between uh, Memento, The Prestige and Inception. And you can see that there's like certain aspects, like it's like, uh, you know, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, and they do the, the Carnetto trilogy. So you see these things, these same things popping up again and again, because it's the same actors, it's the same thing. So uh, for, for Memento and Inception to be linked like one of the one of the things that were linked is that Memento is maybe the inception of inception like that he's incepting himself and we can see the the outside of him like going yeah you know I don't want to spoil it obviously but it's like yeah you didn't do that or no, he's 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 changing his own memory and conditioning himself because of his condition he has uh, retrograde amnesia or whatever uh, which means he knows uh, who he is but he can't make any he can't make any new memories or whatever and in Inception it's kind of the same thing you kind of have to forget those memories it's all about the past it's all about you know incepting yourself to believe a certain narrative so you can live within a dream and not have to come out of it or whatever you're stuck down in the basement forever like he has those those themes are going through it the same in in The Prestige where like when, when you die you you die forever or do you you know and it's this whole this comeback this resurrection thing so Memento is this resurrection of this life of Leonard that maybe as we find out later on in the film maybe he has already completed his task which is to kill his wife's killers so one night him and his wife are asleep she gets up to go to the bathroom two guys break into the house rape her he comes into the into the the bathroom, catch him by the head, hop his head off the wall, and he has this condition. Then this this am- amnesia that he can't make any new memories. And the story he tells from the very first moment is: these this guy killed my wife, and he has tattoos all over. John him. G raped and killed my wife. Yeah, That's and it's the a big tattoo that he has across his whole chest, written backwards, so you can see it in the mirror in the mornings. And this guy killed his and raped his wife. So he, his mission is to kill that guy. We find out very soon into the movie that maybe he's already done that. Years ago, yeah, I mean, the, we don't know how long the, the ago. the movie
0: opens with him killing somebody. Again, it's not a spoiler because you see him kind of blowing someone's head off, yeah. and then as it goes on, you realize he's chasing his killer. But this guy is helping him, and the yeah. guy he just killed is helping him. Uh, Joe, the Joe Pantaliano um, character, yeah, who is is just really, greedy, really yeah. Joe
1: Pantaliano, uh, for those who don't know, he's the he was the police chief in ba- in the Bad Boys movies. He was also uh, in the Matrix. Great he's, character. He's in the actor. Matrix. Yeah, he's cipher in the Matrix. Yeah, he's one of the bad guys he's in Baby's Day he's Out. He's Sopranos also as well. He's, we he's in Sopranos. Part of Sopranos. He's in Risky Business. One of the bad guys there. He is uh, the brother who has the wig in the Goonies. He's a he's great. Like, he's the a, hair, the hair. They go for the hair. He's that kind of
0: mid-level actor that th- comes up like that. Yeah. The character actor. That's amazing. Like even in the Matrix, I think he stands out. Like he's yeah, absolutely yeah. Uh, he's the guy that's like, I know this steak is not real. Yeah, the guy that wants to get in to get to get back into the matrix. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like where we see him, we see Leonard killing this guy, and then it goes backwards, and he's helping him find to find a killer. So yeah. we're trying to figure out. You're watching, kind of going, okay, he just killed him, so now we see, you know, is this guy did this guy rape and murder his wife, and then yeah. as it goes on, you realize uh, he's he's called Teddy, but he's also with John G, and yeah. then like at, like this John G. Um, uh, plot point: John G raped and than my wife. It turns out that there's lots of different John G's, and or James G, and there's James. a Jimmy G, and yeah. and it kind of just evolves from that that like maybe
1: he's maybe he's killed more than one person who he thinks. And yeah. The question and is instantly that question is raised when you start the movie. Leonard has the gun to the back of of Joe Pant- Pantoliano's like like Teddy's head, and he's going, "I'm gonna kill you," and Teddy's going, "You don't even know what you are," like you know how long you've been doing this? Yeah, and because let's go Let's go into the basement and I'll show you. And because he all, says, he's doing,
0: all he's doing is watching, look, he's looking at his tattoos and he's looking at his Polaroids and he just, when he thinks he finds them, when he thinks he finds who the killer is, he just maliciously just wants to kill them. He doesn't yeah. think of anything else because yeah. he always says he, run, he doesn't run off. What's it he says? He runs off facts, not instinct
1: or yeah. something. No, he runs off facts, not off memory. Memory is unreliable. Memory can change the shape of a room or the color of a car or someone's face with facts and instinct. That's what I wrote. Oh remember. yeah, sorry, yeah. He conditions himself and he 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 retells the story of this guy called Sammy Jankus. So he has a tattoo written on his hand. So every time he goes to wipe his hand, it looks like he wrote a note for himself and he tries to rub it off every time and it's a tattoo and it says, remember Sammy Jankus. And basically that's the story about a guy who, when Leonard was an insurance salesman, he got to investigate this case of a guy who was in an accident and he got this... Form of amnesia, and this guy couldn't work, he couldn't do anything, he hadn't got more than a couple of minutes worth of memory. And he investigated him, and Leonard basically said, Yeah, okay, no, you're, you're it's a psychological issue, and you don't have a mental health insurance, so you don't get paid. And the wife was pure distraught, and everything. And this is the black and white scene that's playing in the past, yeah, there's another black and white scene, and it's very noir. It is, and he's telling it through the phone to an anonymous source, right? And the phone rings, and the answers, and he just starts. Belting out all these facts And this is how it works And this is how my brain works And this is what it is And you're kind of going like Fuck man While all this other shit Is going on in colour At the same time You're going I don't know Like you're killing people And running around and all Like should you really be Telling that to people Like some random yeah, You've, no, on the you've phone. no idea
0: Who he's talking to on the phone And you've no idea Why he's so open About
1: what's going and on he And he keeps and forgetting Who he's talking yeah. to And he's like Who's this And they're like Is this Oh yeah Sammy Jankis Let me tell you And he just instinctively Just starts telling this story So Sammy Jankis Forgot this thing, and his wife was testing him, and testing him, and testing him. I'm not going to spoil the end because I I don't know if you've seen it or not. But if you have seen it, you know the crack, and that part of it is just so like amazingly poignant for what's go- what Leonard is going through because Leonard could very well have done something similar. Yeah, he has. You know? the,
0: he has this uh, constant kind of reflection of like um a comparison to use and sammy Jenkins is the comparison so he can use that story
1: to tell people what he has going on himself and also to anchor in himself what's wrong with him because and this is the crux of the movie i think that's not overtly shown and christopher nolan is really good at that like covert shit right but think about it right think about being a guy if you haven't seen the movie right think about being a guy who every six or seven minutes you shake your head and you look around You don't know where you are. You know who you are. But you don't know why you're in the place you're in. You don't know what's happening around you or why you're wearing the clothes you're wearing and what you have on you. you, You remember your wife is dead. The last thing you remember is lying on the bathroom floor looking into her eyes as she dies after being raped by a guy. And... It's just as raw as when it happened because it's it's that memory of ju- it just happened for you every seven minutes you get that exact same feeling of like oh that can't kill my wife like and you wonder like what, could he not just let it go or is it not just the thing he just you know like that's so raw in him then he looks yeah and he looks at himself and every at time he looks at himself in the mirror he's like john G keep running my boy. All right. right, and he's reminded of what he's doing, which is being a detective to find yeah and take vengeance on his wife. And, and Sammy Jenkins is like a short term thing of going. Don't forget, you got a you got a brain injury, and you can't remember stuff, so you have to look at all this stuff. And he looks, and he you know think think about like you're leveling up in a computer game, and you've gotten so far into the level, and you know how how the level goes, but you die at the end before you clear it, and you're like oh. So you start again and you know, like, uh, you know, you jump, do the thing, like playing Donkey Kong or some shit, you know, the barrel comes, you jump the thing, you go up to, and eventually with enough practice, you can get to like level 99 super fast. So that's what Leonard is doing every six or seven minutes, starting from scratch with nothing. Remember Sammy Jankis going, oh yeah. And the tattoos are a reminder. Tattoos are a reminder. And he has conditioning so that he knows like he has pictures in his pocket. So he knows what's going on. Pictures in my pocket pulls it all out he looks at all the stuff he's like okay I live here here's my car this is what I look like this is what I'm doing and he has these polaroids that help him remember straight away and he ha- he sees the people that he sees in his life he's taking a picture of them and writing their name and little notes about them on these polaroids or whatever and I think that it's just so well constructed and the character is so well done and towards the end it gets like you're you're looking at like humanity going like oh my god man if I was in that position, I could just like go into a home and just like forget my whole life and relive that moment of my wife getting raped and killed every seven minutes and wake up every seven minutes and feel that and feel helpless and feel like I haven't done anything or couldn't do anything. Like that's fucked up, man. It's really fucked up, and it makes you really examine and question like your own reality and, and what you have when you have it. Like, yeah, when you at the end of the movie, when
0: you realize like you know what's been going on and stuff, it's really, it's really like you know hits you, and you kind of go, "That's and, like it's so heavy that what's going, yeah. what he's got going on." And then to top it off, any any people in his life, the friends, the kind of yeah. you know the people, they're all just purely
1: taking advantage of him just Absolutely. for their own good, and and you wonder how long this has been going on. You know, like one of the characters, Carrie Ann Moss plays, called Natalie. Is the absolute like quintessential user in this movie. Like uses the shit out of him to get what she wants. And at the start, she's introduced as oh a you new know, benevolent character, might be the love interest, blah blah blah. And in the middle, she's like, Oh, this is a fucking cunt. She is taking advantage of him big time. And then towards the end, you're like, Ah oh, yeah, fair enough, I suppose. Like she probably she, yeah, she's probably entitled to like he fucked up her shit. But you don't find that out because you're finding out with
0: Leonard. Yeah, we're following Leonard's, me- we're following Leonard's memories because we, we, he, he doesn't know what
1: just happened. And we don't know what just happened. Well, that's the thing, you see, because he does, he should know what just happened, but he forgot. So he doesn't know. So we're only learning it with him yeah. backwards chronologically. So the way Nolan made the film, it makes, forces us to live life like Leonard by not knowing. And when Teddy goes, come on and check the basement and he goes, no, shoots him in the head in the first like 40 seconds, you go, what's in the basement? And you don't find out till the end. Like it's, 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 you know, really, really, really well done. Um, as well, when you're feeling that kind of, that thing at the end, like him, every time he wakes up feeling like that, that hurt, do you know, there's a soliloquy that Guy Pierce gives while Natalie sleeps on his on his chest and she's asleep and it's black and white Uh, well it's not even black and white it's just desaturated so it's kind of like a mix between the both and this film noir thing comes in where when he wakes up he goes awake where am I it's a room a hotel room is it mine okay what's in the drawers Gideon Bible okay cool Uh, who's clothes are these what's happening do you know And he has to go through those steps every time because it's like fucking, you know, waking up from a coma every time. And this one weird thing in the middle of the film that really, like, gives you a clue as to why he's still doing what he's doing, which is hunting for his wife's killer, no matter what. And you're kind of seeing the threads start to fray in his motivations. You're kind of seeing, like, why does he keep doing this? You're getting the inclination that maybe he's done it before maybe these people in the movie are taking advantage of him to get him to kill somebody else maybe for their benefit and telling them that it's the person you know the bit where he's doing the soliloquy and he talks about he, he the fact that he can't feel time it's like for me it's the minute after my wife died and that could have been in if this is in 2000 that could have been in 1986 and for four years he's gone around living the same seven minutes again and again and again just building up with tattoos and with like you know getting that playing the computer game to level 99 yeah you know, so he can get there super quick we're and not then supposed go to know we're there. not supposed to know
0: the timeline yeah. between the the actual attack and what's happening now because you could have been a live. year it could have been, been five yeah, years he, he
1: did this two or three times he could have done it ten times mm-hmm. he could have had ten different groups of people all manipulate him manipulating Absolutely. him living all over the country and later on we find out that, that probably we don't get any definitive answer but that probably has happened yeah pretty much and teddy is a, is a huge part of that and he says he can't heal because he can't feel time so in order to grieve you need time to process the information and because he can't feel time because he lives the same seven minutes he can't heal and when when he says that like you realize like fuck man like life is fucking tough like even having a head or even like going through something like something happened to you and you have to process why and change your behaviors and actions so it doesn't happen to you again and like maybe even change your character because you're putting yourself in situations with the same people over and over again it's like why do we keep making the same mistakes over and over it's because you're trying to maybe teach yourself a lesson on something you've had a trauma related to, like all these psychological things and he has to he has to deal with that every seven to ten minutes go through that roller coaster of like why is my life like this it's really a head fuck when you it's when you break it down and analyze existential it yeah. crisis, like and and he can't heal he can't grieve and get over his wife's death because he hasn't he every time he he wakes up he's right back to the moment after she's died he's still in shock in a perpetual stage of shock and vengeance and and anger and he can never get past anger into like bargaining into acceptance and the other stages of grief he's just that anger and it's turned him into a like a cold-blooded murderer yeah, with with that detective kind of the detective mindset, of detective he, always, mindset he always sees something.
0: and just instinct. Yeah, he always sees something to to look for a new clue. He's got clues tattooed on him. Yeah. Uh, but these clues you find out later on that he has a, a license plate tattooed on his on his knee. find yeah, and you, yeah. and, and like, you spoil it now. You know, you like this must be the killer's car, but yeah. you find out later on that it's it's not, it's somebody else's car
1: and, yeah. and why, you know. Why has he got a tattoo? Yeah. If it's tattooed on you, it means it's true. So yeah. he has like, fact one, white, fact two, male. And you're going like, okay, cool, fact three, uh, drug dealer, or whatever. And it's just, like, it's so well constructed, you know. What was your favourite part of the film, man? Like, I, I had a couple of ones, like, you could pick any there's, moment, really. It is. It's a hell of a film. Like the whole thing overall is just. But a, there's no set pieces. There's yeah, no one not, chunk you can pull out. It it is like pizza proof. Yeah, as Nolan like, wanted it.
0: I don't even know if we can talk about this favorite. My favorite, bits, bits, the, the so favorite which, without bits without giving, without giving a spoiler. Spoiler. Go on, um, go on. We're introduced to Carry On the character of Natalie, and she's kind of helping him, and like she yeah. will help. She she will help you out of pity. That's written on his on his thing, because written on the Polaroid, and uh, you know she's like she's 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 a good character she's helping him kind of thing and then as it goes on it, she
1: realises she's manipulating him so carrie Ann Moss yeah, played, played uh, uh, Trinity in The Matrix and she's also in like Disturbia and Fido and in a couple of Yeah, Red well, no, well so. known for Trinity in The Matrix yeah, yeah, in fact, the that's Matrix why Christopher, Christopher
0: Nolan saw The Matrix saw, saw carrie Ann Moss and Joe Pantaniano
1: John Pantaniano, Well, he saw carrie Ann Moss and went I want you and Carrie-Anne Moss went you gotta hire Joe as well nice that, that's and, and they play good, completely
0: right? different characters, yeah. Than absolutely. they did in in anything else, but uh, yeah, there's a bit in, somewhere along the middle of the movie where, um, like, you see Natalie's character with uh, bruises; she's got a split lip and a black eye or whatever. Like someone beat the shit out of her, and she kind of tells she tells Lenny Leonard that um, this guy Dodd beat her up, and you have to kind of um yeah. t- So so Lenny will chase her, him down and blah blah blah. And you put you put and sympathy on Carrie. Yeah, Anne you Moss's do. Really, you meet you,
1: her first in the diner when she's helping Leonard. And then you meet her when they're in the house, and she's like, you think they have like kind of a sexual relationship, and you're like, oh, she must really love him. And then the next bit, you see her coming in going, Dad, just beat the shit out of me. And you're like, oh, Natalie. And then. Yeah, and you, you get the impression that
0: she's kind of like manipulating him, and then it's confirmed when. Uh- it 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 jumps back a few minutes and she doesn't have the bruises and he's re- he's um she's really she's she's pushing his button she's literally sla- yeah. uh, insulting his whore wife they, yeah. and just really really winding him up so and he ends up he he's, uh Lenny Leonard punches her and like you know he's the one that gave her the bruises yeah. and he's the one that um you know f- freaked out she wanted to do that she wanted him to. Do that to her so he could so she could then use the bruises to manipulate him even exactly. further. But what she does, it's amazing what she does because she knows him well enough now to know how his memory works. He beats the shit out of her, she leaves the house. While she's abusing yeah. him, she's connecting all the pens yeah, she's and cl- has, yeah, she's getting the pens so he can't it's like write anything down. Wife yeah, and she's all this stuff gathering in. up all the pens. Um he ends up beating the shit out of her, she's just still constantly at it. She goes into she goes into her car, he thinks she's gonna like drive off. She literally just sits there, looks in the window waits a couple of minutes, he's in a panic trying to find the um trying to find the a pen to write the stuff yeah. down. Keep it in mind, and keep it in mind. It just cuts back to her. He looks he looks, waits a few minutes and then she knocks just gets out of the car and knocks at the door, opens the door and he's like and all of a sudden Leonard's like, Who did this to you? He's like, Who do you think? Dodd, we must go after Dodd and and it's that moment of she doesn't go off and come back. She just sits there, yeah. looks at him, waits for the moment. His memory kind of flips yeah, back sits over. Sits in the driveway and waits for him to fuck up. And it's a up. hell of
1: a moment. It's a But real I remember watching that the first time. Like, come on, come on, get the pen. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's fucking and heart And that really shows how cruel she is. She's yeah. really a cow. She's like a horror. But woman. later on, you find out that that's almost justified. Like, the roller coaster with Natalie's character, like, is really up and down. And it's purely from Christopher Nolan's writing. Like, he wrote the screenplay and directed it. Like, that's such a good character. I think him and Jonathan Nolan, brought brother, write together. He Jonathan such Nolan writes the stories. Character. It is. Like, the a roller coaster of you love her, you hate her, and then you go, oh no, you're justified being a cunt. Like, that's a shitty thing to have happen to you. I'm not going to tell you what it is, spoiler alert, but do you know what I mean? It's very, very cleverly written. Um, my favourite bit is probably uh, when he's talking on the phone in the black and white bits, and he's after telling the whole story of Sammy Jenkins. And by the way, all of those Sammy Jenkins scenes that Steven Tobolowski uh, plays, who's uh Needle Nose Ned Ryerson in Groundhog Day, remember me? It's Ned, Ned the Head, Needle Nose Ned, Ned Ryerson. He's also the producer guy in Californication. Yeah. He he plays Sammy Jankis and uh, all of those scenes were improvised because there was no dialogue written for that. It was just like, look, you're this just be that and he's like okay apparently he had amnesia in real life as well at one point nice it's clever because uh, really three don't... or four days after a after um an anesthesia uh misapplication you know when he was under up uh, under anesthesia for an operation and he had he had a uh, amnesia he's like i'll be using sense memory for this one so the whole thing with that whole black and white scene when he's telling the story of sammy Jenkins, like that's all improvised and guy pierce comes in and he's trying to find like you know a Uh, (laughs) he's trying to find a sliver of recognition in his eyes to go like you're fucking faking this shit or at the the very least like it's uh yeah he reckons he sees you know there's something there's not recognition
0: and he thinks like he thinks that might be why he's faking it but it's also like that that's part of the kind of instinct the human
1: instinct you're you know instinctually you might recognize someone you won't remember them so while he's talking on the phone he's there saying the words like and he says you know what i didn't believe sammy I didn't believe him and I cost him loads of money and I ruined his life and now I know he wasn't faking. When he looked at me and I saw like a glimmer of, of recognition in his eyes, I know now because I'm suffering from it. You just fake it. You don't want to seem like you don't know somebody. So you look at them and you, you know, they look like they know you. So you just pretend like you know them back. Because chances are you have met them. And that's what he was, that's all he was doing. And I I misread it as an insurance investigator. I'm like, like, and this confession, you know, telling the whole story, the whole like machinations of his mind and how everything works to a stranger on the phone. And the whole time, like in these black and white scenes, he's picking at this uh, uh, bandage, this like sticky bandage he has on his thigh, And eventually at the very, near the very end, he pulls that off and it, it's a big tattoo that says, Don't ever talk on the phone. And he's like, Oh, who is this? And then they hang up and he's like, Fuck, 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 fuck. What have I told them? But it's just such a good mechanic because every is, time you a, see that black and white and he's talking like you're panicking, there's a constant, like, what's going on? When, when is this happening? Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And it just
0: comes back to Chris Nolan's mastery. Like, there's no stopping what he can do as a storyteller, director. Absolutely. And it's, it's just a perfect kind of example of the tension that that you know overwhelming tension and you're like what's going on like when he removes that bandage and you yeah, like, don't you're talk in the phone. he's been
1: talking on the phone the last hour and a half but you don't know he's not supposed to but you yeah, feel yeah. something is wrong and then the next thing he's like yeah. oh
0: But it's that realization when when when, when leonard realizes it the audience mm. realizes
1: so no one knows it we don't know anything but you know that he's given someone ammunition to take advantage of him yeah by the time we figure out that by the time he figures it out in the movie you've also figured out you're like because he's pretty much doing that to everyone, yeah. accidentally, inadvertently, giving
0: them ammunition, ammunition this to is it. to fuck him over or or use them, use him for their gain.
1: Like the don't believe his lies. Like when you watch the film, folks, when you see when you see that bit when he writes, don't believe his lies on the back of the photo. That's the crux of the film. And then, like, and if you think at the start of the movie, going backwards,
0: he's constantly looking at this picture that says, "Don't believe his lies." And it, and it it moves the whole story forward it moves
1: all of his actions and all of his decisions are based on that so it's as if somebody
0: possibly Natalie possibly someone else told Leonard that do not believe this guy's Teddy." Yeah. do not believe his lies but when you find out the moment when he writes do not believe his lies it's it's, just it's it's, it's the turning point absolutely slams you
1: to bits Uh, so we do a little thing on White Press Play called an alternative cast and I had a good long think about this one and I went digging to see who was uh, who was auditioned for the parts of this and the alternative casting for this I think some of them are I don't know they're my choice I think they're spot on they could very well work uh, so for Leonard Guy Pierce was the choice but he was like the third or fourth choice Brad Pitt was supposed to be I did hear Brad uh, Pitt yeah that supposed would have been, to be. I Brad. love Brad Pitt but Guy Pierce, I, I don't even think I was a fan of Guy Pierce before this yeah that's it like he wasn't in a lot he was in uh, Jack Irish Yeah, whatever <laughs> so, that is we must um, look that up yeah he brad pitt was nearly the lead but at that year he was filming a spy game and the mexican uh so he couldn't he had no time to do it so he's like i'm not in and uh charlie sheen was also that's my pick is charlie sheen as leonard just to see him fall apart is that your pick based on a possible like he was in the running for for it as well yeah and i was like oh imagine that with charlie Sheen." Like fucked up two thousands. like Because of what Charlie, because his of his what Charlie Sheen coke. became, and yeah. two and a half men and stuff. I don't think that would have been. It wouldn't have been the same movie to go back to and watch it now. No, two and a half men wouldn't have been made if Charlie Sheen did this film because it would have elevated him back into being an actor, That's whereas a good he point, f- yeah. faded away in the late nineties, mid to late nineties, into like a fucking coke hole, and uh, you know ruined his career, film wise, that he wasn't dependable or whatever. He was doing a couple of hot shots movies and. That was about it. But if he had done this as like a dramatic, a big dramatic role... Would have put him back on track for oh, some yeah, possibly. Do you know? Um, is there anyone you can think to do to do Leonard? We, well, we, 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 there was talk of Aaron Eckhart as well, I think, was supposed to... All, pe- all like, people that have turned up on Christopher Nolan. Movies. I was thinking... Because um, he has...
0: You know Christopher Nolan has a fucking has a wish list right he, a hit has, list. he has a, he list has a hit list and a lot to of yeah but a lot of uh, he he comes back home and gets a lot of uh, uk and irish actors yeah. being from being from the uk and he casts that way but uh, i was thinking you know the likes of um at the time somebody big somebody kind of like you know that would have probably nailed it but made it different someone like bruce willis imagine somebody like bruce willis yeah. in that role well he did his own one were unbreakable he had his own memento his own kind of like non yeah, like dra- dramatic yes. instead of non-action kind of film. And yeah. I think
1: there's a, there's a, a sequel, like not a sequel, not a linear sequel, but there's something happening with that. M. Knight is, I is haven't doing se- something new. I haven't right? seen Split yet, but apparently yeah. there's a link. There's between, a link there between. There's a link M. between
0: Unbreakable and Split yeah. and that's what's potentially getting the sequel. I'd have to read more about there's it. There's
1: another, there's another movie called Unbreakable 2 coming. Okay. But anyway, back
0: to alternative casting, mm. nail on the head, especially thinking uh, thinking of Christopher Nolan. Um, who probably would have nailed this role, and I didn't think of it initially, and I thought of it recently. Christian Bale, Christian Bale probably yeah. would have, oh, yeah. sank fucking everything hell. into that. Well, the cunt fucking lost seventy pounds like, to play Christian the Christian Bale. History. Probably would have bashed his head in try and try to forget things for this role. Yeah, <laughs> like, but you know, the I'm kind gonna of, give
1: myself insomnia. Yeah. Oh no, amnesia! I forgot what it was there for a minute. But
0: you know, like when when Chris, even like when he's playing the Bruce Bruce Wayne, kind of when he's Bruce yeah. Wayne, you know that kind of the smoky kind of American, like the kind of lower tone American kind of accent. Yeah. That's what Lenny Leonard kind of has. That yeah. Um, I keep calling him Lenny because everyone in the movie hey, calls him like Lenny. Yeah, Lenny. Yeah, everyone in the movie calls him Lenny. Call yeah everyone calls him Lenny if he doesn't like it and that's that's just shows that people are taking the piss out of him you know (laughs) Lenny don't call me Lenny my wife called me Lenny that's so fucking good man that's why I keep calling him Lenny but I want to say Leonard but I think Christian Bale would have brought something to that come to think and then of course Christopher Nolan obviously loves Christian Bale and would have led to something you know just would have led to the movie being different
1: but not a million miles away from what it could have been because it needs to have a guy who was like fully competent good looking like confident strong together do you know like a like a josh brolin you know young josh brolin yes who's just like strong strong jaw like good looking cut that kind of presence yeah that the kind of Aaron eckhart face as well that whole thing of like you know chiseled and you know but the out, kind of
0: outwardly yeah the almost aggressive outwardly per, the,
1: perfect and inwardly fucked up yeah but the aggressive kind of presence as well yeah, yeah. like physically intimidating he, he can do all of that stuff like he's he's trained you know, like a, like a a ninja or a fighter yeah. or an mma fighter he's trained to move on instinct and you look at guy pierce's body like and he looks like a guy who's trained to move on instinct you know um the the thing with christopher nolan he has his brunettes so there's a there's a whole thing you know online where he 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 always works he always has a strong brunette that drives the the plot so he had like uh, you know the girls in uh, the batman movies and he had you know, the prestige and insomnia. He also, there was always a, a brunette driving the story forward, right? And Natalie Moss was the, the driving brunette in this one. And I tried to think of somebody that could replace her with her fire and her ability to run hot and cold. And like you said earlier on, like when she comes in and she acts like a cunt and gets him to box her in the head. But earlier on she's playing like the hurt girlfriend who's who's living with loss. And later on, and she's playing the, I love you, like, I'm I'm trying to help you. Like, there's a lot of, there's fucking a lot of undulations there in her character. And it's a, like, the, I think it's... Even the, the smarmy scene, the, yeah. the, where she's really smarmy with the spit in the cup. Yes. You know, like, she's real. Evil like, and, yeah. and malevolent. I think there's, there's like, a mad undulation in her character. And to be honest, like, Guy Pearce, great and all. I think Natalie is the most important character in that movie.
0: Potentially, yeah. She's, she kind
1: of does, I think dri- the she link drives point. it along a and, lot. And Christopher Nolan puts strong brunettes like the 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 Maggie Gyllenhaal, like that that whole Batman movie was was all about the relationship and the need to the drive to save her and the the sacrifice that had to be made like you know yeah it, it in 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 the dark knight like that's that's the crux of the movie it's not about batman it's not about justice it's not about it's about like uh uh the need for sacrifice And Maggie Gyllenhaal's at the start of that. So Natalie is that thing where it's like the need for revenge or the need for justice in this movie. And I tried to think of somebody who I've seen recently enough that I could say, yeah, she'd be able for that. And I just watched Big Little Lies. Did you watch that? I didn't, no. It's got Nicole Kidman and uh, Shailene Woodley and the woman that I think would be really good as Natalie, Reese Witherspoon. So, Reese Witherspoon is in this Big Little Lies, it's a mad psychological thriller, three women uh, living in this, like, you know, rich uh, uh, West Coast uh, town in, you know, somewhere up Northern California, and they're all super rich and all this stuff, and um, they're a pack of cunts, and there's a murder, and you know, this whole thing, Big Little Lies, go check it out, we're going to do a show on it too, really, really good show, right? And Reese Witherspoon is a tour de force in that shit, she is fucking amazing. And she plays like hurt and she plays like the, you know, and the angry and the revenge. And so like, this undulation of her character, like full gamut of haven't human quite, emotion. Uh, I haven't quite seen Reese Witherspoon in that kind of light. But you that's know? the thing. I didn't either. And I watched Wild and I was like, fucking kudos, bitch. You got them walking shoes on. Did really well in Wild. I watched this uh, big little lies and I went, oh, she's fucking deadly. She's deadly. And as Natalie Doing that hot and cold thing I think she could be really good Well my alternative cast
0: For Natalie Could be Possibly Now I'm not saying Carrie Ann Moss isn't A good looking woman She is yeah. But she has that kind of Maybe if Natalie was too good looking She has looking, a cat's face Yeah but she's she good looking like But cat. she's. But it, maybe if Natalie is, Was too good looking It would throw off the thing Throw off the kind of tone But uh, somebody like um, someone like Mila Kunis might have yes. like a Mila oh, yeah. Kunis who like, you know, really, really smoky, hot, good looking. Yeah. But Mila Kunis can play that up and down dramatic and she can be... As well, yeah. She, yeah, she can be she can that chomps. kind of ratty like kind that. of thing. Yeah, so that could work. Mila Kunis. I like that. That would have yeah. worked. Him. And
1: it, it fits in with Nolan's brunette. Yeah, exactly. Reese Witherspoon is blonde. He's like, no, nah, I don't want a blonde. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who do you think could play Teddy? Like Joe Pantoliano does a really, really does, good job. He does, he does. And the voice, the moustached, creepy look. And also... It's he's got a, to have... He's it's got, mysterious, like he... It's got
0: to have that smarminess yeah. about him
1: as well. Like, it's got to... As well, yeah. Yeah, who has who, that Who could of? do it? I think that... I don't know, it's probably, you know, he'd steal the show. I think Joe Pesci would be really good as Teddy. You know, I was actually thinking that. Like, that, older Joe Pesci. Like, Joe Pesci from um, uh, the later uh, Lethal Weapons. You know, Leo... Whatever you want, yes. Leo gets. Like that guy. Yeah, is it is uh, that kind like, of. It's like Lenny. Like jumping out in front of the thing, you know, looking and have him with receding hair and have him with the glasses and the mustache and put Joe Pesci into like the Robin Williams in one hour photo situation where it's totally outside of his his uh, normalcy and it's outside of his physical appearance as well, you know, where they made Robin Williams look really old. Yeah, if yeah. If they made like Joe Pesci look way older and gave him the receding hairline and a mustache and... Because Joe Pantalone kind of looks like they, the way he looks all the time. True, so I think The Matrix is a bit different because he had the kind of slim line, yeah, shaved well. head.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, Joe Pesci, I think, like, imagine he could have played it the same way, but a bit pushed. It's that kind of, yeah, like, but when Joe Pesci, when Joe Pesci, there's, a, there's an of,
1: underlying anger in in Joe Pantaniano's character that that I don't think is fully realized. Yeah, there's there a is. And for Joe
0: Pantaliano always kind of plays those characters where, like, he. He never gets super angry Or never gets super Like he doesn't yeah. have to Push the emotions Like in The Sopranos He has a kind of a His character in The Sopranos Is kind of Non-dramatic Kind of non Kind of Almost like Like Ga- the, the Guarded kind of, Guarded and Yeah and he's kind of like Controlled Yeah, yeah. Like he has no kind of He's not that mafioso Hard ass kind I of guy
1: think Joe Pesci could Could be a really good Crazy Teddy Like when the shit goes down It's like yeah, exactly. Because like, the shit goes down a couple of times in the film and Teddy, Teddy, you know, throws hands. It gets, I think Joe Pesh should be really good at that. Bert the motel guy, who who is one of these character actors that pops up now and again. He was in uh, The Last Man on Earth as like one of the bad guys. He's in like um, uh, Flaked. He tor-
0: yeah, he turns up in a lot of things. You definitely know his face. One of those I, I didn't even know his name, but I knew his face.
1: Yeah, you'd know, you'd absolutely know his face. He he plays the landlord in Flaked, uh, which if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix at the moment, and it's uh, with the Will Arnett joint where he plays an alcoholic uh, living in uh Sa- I think. Oh, I think San I watched Diego the first episode of that. Really, really good good show, man. I must, must get <laughs> back into it. Really good show, and uh, he plays like his landlord there, and he's the same old like I'm an old stony, grateful dad listening motherfucker, you know. And I think there's there's a there's a lot of interactions between Leonard and him. And he rents him a second room and does all that stuff I think Jack Black would have been really really good at that to see Jack Black in that role yeah If, if so when you're watching it for the first time imagine that as Jack Black and how much more memorable are? do you know
0: how much how much yeah like when these when these like over the top comedy actors can kind of pull it in and yeah. really play a dramatic kind of not really dramatic but just like not comedic Yeah,
1: yeah the actor's name is Mark Boone that's the guy who plays yes. him but I think I think Jack Black would be perfect. And then for Sammy jankus played by Stephen Tobolowsky, Ned Ned the Head Ryerson. I I I really like some of Tom Lennon's uh dramatic stuff. So you'd know him from uh, Reno 911. Yeah, he's in a few different things, and he's he's a he's a voice actor, really good in, in a lot of stuff. He's in Bob's burgers and stuff like that. And um but he plays like little parts in loads of loads of he often plays like a teacher or a principal or a guidance counsellor and uh, he was in Reno Nine One One as the 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 main actor, obviously you know him and uh, big Marcy fan as well. Um, but yeah, Tom Lennon would be really good, I think, as the Sammy Jankis character. You know, to improv because he's a he's an improv comedian. He works with the Upright Citizens Brigade oh, Theater okay, yeah. in New York and L A. and like that whole scene was improv, and most of the black and white stuff, the 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 flashbacks that that Guy Pierce is doing is uh, is all improv it's just him telling the story that he knows of Sammy Jankis into the phone while going around the hotel room like the whole movie was filmed in 25 days like that's really short for a film of that scale
0: yeah if there's so much going on in so many different yeah. locations and Carrie-Anne Moss did hers in though. 8
1: days she was in and out bish bash bosh and I mean yeah, you put Guy Pearce in a, in a room for 2 days with his top off and just go look just talk into that film and we record you black and white I wanted to ask you do you think because christopher nolan shoots on film all the time do you think the expense of shooting the whole movie in color forced him into black and white and he used that as a he used that as maybe like an excuse to put that bit as the as the because black and white film would be cheaper obviously uh because you know clerks like uh, yeah Kevin yeah no, of course. Clerks well the same
0: way with, with following his first film following he funded himself was yeah. black and white super 16 mil because it was cheaper uh, i personally wouldn't imagine that was a driving force behind that because yep. um, Memento was like I think four four million dollar budget, four million dollar in like ninety nine or whatever that would have been. Yeah. Like, um, but I think Christopher Nolan is the type of filmmaker that once he gets the money, he's extremely resourceful and make all the right creative creative decisions regardless of what kind of money they have. So right. I think in his head he was picturing this to differentiate the the black and white was driven by the to absolutely differentiate the two stories. Yeah. The 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 story going backwards and the story going forwards. So, it like, regardless... It wasn't just of, a handy like, no, budget I think, cut I, thing. I wouldn't imagine. So, no. if this had been a $100 million movie, you would have chose to do it black and white or something really obvious. Yeah. So, like, that... it's it. I don't think it was a budgetary thing. It was, this is a sh- low-budget movie, but Chris ranola went from making Following, which he made in London with his mates over the space of a year,
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, to having $4 million Dollars. To make this movie so, in yeah, to, yeah. yeah, so it's like <laughs> now, four million is a massive, even though it's low budget, technically, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a massive jump for an independent filmmaker, which Christopher Nolan was at the yeah. time.
1: It's a lot of money to invest in someone you don't know is going to be 100%, you know. It is, but when you have a story like that,
0: That's and you can just imagine thing. Christopher Nolan pitching this to Hollywood executives you know? after coming from London. That's why he's such a special, he's such a special person. He's like, his, mm. and what he became in such a short space of time is overwhelming. It is,
1: yeah. As well, though, like, um, this movie didn't get critical acclaim it only got nine million dollars in the um cinemas and later on over the course of a year after that when it got submitted to all of the awards ceremonies and all the stuff and ended up making another 30 on top of that and cinema cinema re-releases and then video re-releases and then uh, dvd re-releases that was at a time when dvds were pe- just peaking
0: like they were yeah. they were just about to peak so yeah. in the in the noughties throughout the noughties dvd was at its height and a lot of movies found the resurgence like a lot of movies that studios would have uh, lost money on yeah. made money back or that sales. they didn't want
1: to put the full weight of the studio p- like promotion machine behind because they're like now we've already lost enough already let's bail do you know yeah there's a lot of movies that got kind of abandoned and that's what white press play is all about man we go find those motherfuckers and be like hey ch- check this out remember this shit so if you like Christopher Nolan films um I think memento is a must watch for anybody like your granny to your to your, it you is, it's, know, a, it's your a, nephew. It's It's a hell of a film to even just consider if you've
0: watched The Dark Knight, if you know what The Dark Knight is, if you've yeah. watched Inception, just go back and watch an early Christopher Nolan movie and you'll see the elements like the the, the detective element, the kind of drum the non the chronological drama. The film Noir yeah. stuff as well, yeah. The Absolutely the the and the fact the fact the black and white is used. You got it's film noir yeah. style, but it just it's yeah, it's it's
1: a it's a hell of a Story, it's, yeah. like, it's, it's a hell of a... And like, the way it's like, like, f- yeah, this, this so, f- then, so let's get into one reason why then. Anthony, you're obviously going to join us for the Christopher Nolan episode. So on this show, we're going to be doing uh, movies every, f- every few days. We're going to be doing a big two-hour TV show episode and a big director or an actor episode, which would be another two hours, where we go over the work of a certain director, go over his history and maybe some of his techniques and stuff. And you, being a filmmaker, will be able to give us some insight into exactly how Christopher Nolan does it, why he does it, and, uh, you know, what, what may we expect from him in the future? You want to, you want to come on and do the Christopher Nolan show? Good to me. Yeah. Christopher right. Nolan has like, been one of my favorite directors for a long time.
0: And the best thing is... You sound is like you love him. The, the, oh, I have a proper mind crush on Christopher Nolan. <laughs> like, you know, like, but the best thing is, he's one of the directors that I never went... I never had to go back And back yeah. catalogue his stuff I've been I following either. him I've been following him Since his second film yeah. The only back catalogue I went to was following Which is kind of hard to find yeah. I had like a friend In film school Give me a copy of it Or something And then uh, I'm just
1: A massive Batman fan So I when I heard He was doing Batman It blew my little mind A lot of people Underestimate movies Like The Prestige yes The Prestige is, a, is 2006
0: another. now it's a little one that's just hi- hidden in there yeah. it's great performances from uh, Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman it's just it's a really good like you that, You wouldn't put that in with Christopher Nolan films no you wouldn't people think of Christopher Nolan now and they think of Batman and uh, the Dark Knight Trilogy and Inception and the big massive and Interstellar and Dunkirk and, yeah. and all these big 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 films but when he makes a small film and it's not a small film Prestige is probably about 10, 12, 15 million kind of budget yeah. but that's that's a small film by what he's what well,
1: he went to do it came out at the same time as another Ed Norton movie that was very similarly done another magic film wasn't yes. it yes at the very same time and that usually happens like one studio exec gets word of it and is like oh fuck you know Universal are making like Christopher Norris Universal they're making a fucking uh, uh they're making a, a magic film we better make one too you know like turn of the century you know some Tesla shit like or something and then they released this other movie with Ed Norton in it called uh, The Illusionist yes I remember seeing at the very same time I remember seeing
0: two of those movies out, and I obviously I went straight
1: to Prestige because yeah. I've been following Christopher Nolan but a lot of people it, it was a toss up you know it was like you know, fucking loads of magic films the Lads with long coats And bowler hats I don't give a fuck yeah, it's like it's Magic it's films same dudes Set in the kind of Periodic yeah, The same colour palette And the same yeah. fucking Set They're weirdly similar Even even the posters yeah. Looked similar Yeah And there were similar Budgets as well Both 16 million dollars Like yeah. it wasn't You know They could nearly go in And go uh, Christopher are you finished With that set for the day I want to go and have a go But their Ed is out here Smoking fags Getting ready to go on Oh, something tells me Christopher Nolan doesn't let that shit fly no. like, but that's the thing though like the prestige I think really and we're going to do one on the prestige you'll join us for that one right oh yes absolutely fucking it's been a while I, since I, I've seen it but I'll, I'll go back and yeah, watch, that, we'll go back and watch sure. that one. I love that movie and it, it is that kind of thing of like the, the rise and rise of, of the Nolan brothers this was the absolute like unquestioning siren call of the Nolan brothers where they went we are here get ready these two motherfuckers are making movies. Absolutely, and like
0: Jonathan Nolan always gets the credit, the writer credit. Like he's a writer, and like Christopher Nolan, like Christopher Nolan is the masterful filmmaker. He's yeah. the masterful film director, and I'm sure Jonathan Nolan is just happy out where he is. Happy but out, uh, like happy out where he is, you know. But uh stays at home in these jacks of the typewriter. <laughs> probably a lot, probably a lot to be, probably a lot more to be said. Maybe Christopher Nolan is more of the driving force. But just on that note, I did hear if if uh, when when Jonathan Nolan wrote the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, he gave the script to Christopher Nolan and he said read it but when you read it think of A Tale of Two Cities is that um, yeah and and, and apparently, you can see that apparently when Christopher Nolan read Jonathan Nolan's script thinking of A Tale of Two Cities
1: it just blew opened up his mind to what but that's why there's three anti-climaxes in Dark Knight Rises and people are like the film should have ended When Batman flew off Into the distance Yeah personally I love it I still I love hold it. on to that movie As The Dark Knight Rises I really really like love it Love it But people are like I want it to be Hollywood and It's like Yeah it's because no. Because The Dark Knight It's was, too long
0: Because The Dark Knight Was so perfect uh, Like it's Yeah it, that, Dark Knight has everything yeah. You can come in and out of that movie You can watch it as a standalone yeah. movie But The Dark Knight Rises was really a sequel to Batman Begins yeah. Obviously we can talk about Just some stuff more The Christopher Nolan episode really But um But yeah like Jonathan Nolan Christopher Nolan I, I, this is, this I've never is, heard anyone refer to him as the this Nolan the first brothers bloom. this is the first yeah, bloom this of like the, you like, know yeah for anyone that's a fan anyone that likes kind of independent film go back and watch Following Following shows Christopher Nolan finding his style <laughs> finding his non-chronological style and he made it apparently he was working for some corporate video production company or something and he made this film on the on the weekends over a space of a year so this is
1: what we're going to be getting you to do over the next year at right <laughs> yeah pretty we'll much few, Bob. That's, that's we got it patreon.com slash Films. <laughs> And throw you a few bobs That's, and see what that's the
0: plan To make a big feature film And, <laughs> and uh, get to Hollywood Well, But it's, 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 it's remarkable What Christopher Nolan did In such a short space of time absolutely. And Memento was The platform The jumping platform He made the st- stunner st- Stauncher of it Of a dra- dramatic film That just yeah. took him to whole next level in Hollywood What's your one reason Why to watch this? One reason to, to watch this Is because it's A uh, it's one of those amazing mystery thrillers that's non-chronological again I said earlier on so many films are non-chronological but this mm. is the only one that's absolutely justifiably non-chronological yeah. and it's not just tr- edited around for the hell of it yeah. it's justified why it's backwards and it's a it's a head fuck it's a tension builder because yeah. it goes backwards watch it for that and that alone and if you're into film if you're a film nerd if you follow directors if you like Inception go back and watch this because of Christopher Nolan's early work
1: I would similarly say uh, it, it, the, cra- the, the time thing is like a must watch that's one part of it but my one reason why is it, it's just it's original absolutely and it's very hard to find an original movie these days in the land of fucking reboots and book you know adaptations and you know first it was a book and then it was a film and then they made a film out of the book and then they made another film out of the film out of the book like fuck off yeah like in- this used to be a comic book and then we got a lad in to do it and then like we fucking left it for 20 years for it to you know this is a story that two lads come up with driving across the country going you know it'll be great this cool how much do you need about well, 4 million pounds alright cool like that shit that's how movies should be made and I know he was given a Batman franchise and told here do this thing Although, but, but this was off the back of like five whopper films that he had made you
0: know no 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 he got Batman Begins straight after Memento
1: yeah, but I'm saying that he ended up making like three movies in between. Oh yeah, but Christopher Nolan was always a massive
0: Batman fan, yeah. and in uh, in following his his first movie, following, there's a scene where someone knocks at an apartment door, and there's a Batman symbol yeah. on the back of the door. It's
1: ne- it was nearly his destiny. It absolutely I was. Like,
0: like absolutely. He, you know, he wasn't just
1: giving yeah. this Batman trilogy. Just like uh, he, like he like the guys are being handed the fucking Star Wars movies. The Han Solo movie now got the director got bumped and they had to put Ron Howard in as the director and who, who it's, yeah, God it's knows what I mean. what's going It's kind of like director for hire which is clearly yeah. what you want
0: to be but Christopher Nolan became this director for hire but he probably got somebody probably like imagine this is just D- this is just me hypothesizing it probably didn't happen but imagine if somebody sat down Christopher Nolan and said so you made this amazing movie so we have um, Iron Man we have Superman and we have a uh, Batman a uh, Batman I'll have please you know like that it might have happened yeah, yeah. like cuz he already was this big Batman fan like that's it Yeah.
1: i, I, I like it's mad to know like that uh, the guy who directed the newest reiteration the shittest uh, Fantastic 4 movie was was like rolling in hammered on drugs and all to the, to the last few days of the film and stuff like that and then when it was starting to come out he was like slating it online you're talking about Josh Trank yeah while he was still in line to f- direct Rogue One or one of the other oh, one of yeah. the other Star Wars he origins made, like one or two other films before yeah. that uh, and, and he Josh Trank fucking tanked and now he's out in his arse he sta- yeah, because he fucking I don't know what happened he, he there so with him but and um, that, that, Chronicle's a great movie that's what happens because like Christopher Nolan knows his business and he does his business right and this you can see as the starting of the greatness that he would become. Like for such a small budget, it's one of the most original movies of the twenty first century. I don't know if two thousand is in the twenty first century. I'm going to say it is for this quote. I'd say it is. But one of the most original movies is executed brilliantly, and uh, it's it's in my top ten anyway of it's of best films. It's always, it's always been in my top five for a long time. It's, it's a special
0: film. And so you're, um, you're Andy, right, Andy's going to
1: join us for the uh, the Christopher Nolan episode and maybe the Prestige episode as well. Chalk it all down. If there's anything you think we missed or anything you think we should have uh, put in or anything you s- we said that we shouldn't have said, uh, you can get us at info at com. You can get us all on social media, Why uh, Press Play on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. We have a re- uh, Reddit, subreddit, uh, r slash... Y press Play. We also have the Discord server if you want to get in and have the chats about Memento now that we're releasing it today. Uh, you can chat with your friends and talk about your favorite bits. And supporting the show as always, the people on Patreon. Thank you so much. Uh, Patreon.com slash play. if you want to throw a dollar and support the show. You get loads of back, behind the scenes, uh, uh, Anthony Downs' butt crack shots and uh, you know, we have uh, uh, the black and white reverse version of us recording the show as well. Uh, we, we also have a load of video content on YouTube, VidMe. And Twitch, where we also stream live and we do Google Hangouts and stuff where we all get together and nerd out about movies. And uh, you can tell me how bad I am at remembering actors' names. The guy. Do you remember the guy in The Thing? That's that, <laughs> that's going to be a t-shirt I'm going to get. Remember, remember the guy from The Thing? And uh, yeah, we're going to have live shows as well on Discord. So if you have any uh, Patreon subscribers that want to join in with us, I'm going to be piping out our audio as we record them out through the Discord app so make sure you download that and join in Uh, and subscribe in your podcast player and give us a review and uh, release some stars. It's it's not important to you and it's easy to do and it's really important to us and to iTunes obviously gets us up in the charts and stuff like that gives us uh, unconditional high regard so thanks very much to Anthony for joining us thanks man thanks for having me again Gordo it's good to it's good to have you here it is and I'm uh, always happy to talk about movies in a microphone yeah we'll see you uh, we'll see you again soon you're 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 getting your podcasting chops in now you feel comfy yeah this is my first uh, my first
0: uh, attempt at podcasting that I've been talking about it for a while now and I'm, you know podcasting in general with you I'm glad to have a
1: pro to uh, show me the ropes yeah man I mean I'm not I wouldn't say pro but I mean oh
0: man you're up there you're up there you have a whole podcast talking forward later. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's good, man. If you want to listen to uh, the other show that we produce from uh, from this studio, it's called Those Conspiracy Guys. I guess, you know, you may have typed in Memento and found us from here. It's it's probably quite where you're probably coming over from Those Conspiracy Guys. But uh, yeah, if you haven't listened to it, it's all about conspiracies. It's comedy. It's a bit of crack. And uh, you can join us at thoseconspiracyguys.com or subscribe on iTunes. So that's it for White Press Play for this time. That was Memento by Christopher Nolan. Um and I mean we are definitely going to do more shows on him so thanks for listening check us out online and uh, let us know what you think thanks very much for listening bye bye